Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This is Meep, also known as Mary Pat Campbell. Meep is my high school nickname. I've been going by for over 30 years. Um, Today I want to talk about pension obligation bonds. This is from my Choices Have Consequences series and the thing is this choice is all consequences right now because nobody is choosing to issue pension obligation bonds due to the run-up in interest rates. Now if you are not familiar with pension obligation bonds the concept behind it is this. It's where one, a sponsor of a pension fund, issues a bond. They get a bunch of cash up front, okay? That cash goes into the pension fund, gets invested in various things. This is intended to fill a gap, fill a hole in the unfunded liability for the pensions. So that's going to get invested in a variety of assets that is intended to fund future benefits for pensioners and then ultimately one day you're going to be paying the coupons on this pension obligation bond and we usually call them POBs uh, so that's the three-letter acronym the TLA uh, so we have the POBs will get paid off in coupons over time you'll pay the principal back ultimately and why would you do something like this you're borrowing money to pay for your pension funding. And why would you do this? Well, it's almost always public pensions because they can borrow at a lower interest rate with municipal bonds, whether or not they're taxable. And so of course, POBs tend to be taxable on a federal basis, on a state income tax basis. They may not be taxable, it depends on the state whether or not the you have a taxable bond, they have lower interest rates than the interest rate usually used to value the pension liabilities. Because <laughs> the pensions are valued often between 7 to 8%. So the unfunded liability for public pensions is a debt that if you don't fill that hole, it will accrue the next year at what that interest rate is, like seven or 8%, versus you issue a bond, say at 4%. And um, I was just looking up some POBs that were issued at the very bottom of interest rates during 2020, which was a very smart time to uh, issue uh, municipal POB, evidently. Um, it was two point something percent for a 10 year uh, POB, it looked like, and these are taxable federally. And, uh, you know, that was a pretty good rate. That's not from the uh, municipal investor point of view, but from the issuer, because, yeah, they probably will be able to make their spread as it were, uh, with regards to their pension fund investments. In any case, it has to do with how they account for their liabilities. That is the theory. So what's the reality? 
I went looking to see what people have been writing about POBs recently, because I, of course, have been writing about it for a long time. And other people have been writing about it when there was a lot of issuance. But with the rise in interest rates there, you know, after that bottom in 2020, recent interest rates, of course, have been higher than they've been in a decade in terms of long-term interest rates. I was just checking out the 10-year rate and, you know, it's back to where it was pre-Great um, Recession uh, that I was looking at. So, yeah, the municipal issuers are not necessarily seeing an arbitrage opportunity, as they call it. And I argue it's fake arbitrage. But let's get here. I found a piece from Reason Foundation. Mark Jaffe wrote a piece titled, The Risks of Issuing Pension Obligation Bonds Are Rising with Inflation and Interest Rates. So let me quote from him. I'll just read a few paragraphs. The Federal Reserve's effort to rein in inflation might be closing the window on state and local government's opportunity to reduce pension burdens by issuing pension obligation bonds. Oh, and I should have told you the date on this piece was June 22nd, 2022. Uh, These pension obligation bonds are frequently used by public employers with large pension liabilities, but do they benefit the governments that issue them? If assets acquired with pension obligation bond, and that's POB, uh, proceeds, yield more than the bond's interest and issuance costs, the government will have additional resources to meet its pension obligations over the life of the bond. For POB deals to work out, asset returns must exceed debt servicing costs. While servicing costs are predictable, asset returns vary from year to year. For example, most public pension systems achieved very large positive investment returns in the 2021 fiscal year. But this year, that was 2022, most pension systems will post negative investment returns. And that was true. Very negative uh, investment returns. Now, of course, over the life of the bond is usually, you know, 10 to 20 year issuance life, and then you've got a weighted average life, perhaps you'll, you know, beat the spread, or maybe you'll break even. This is my voice now and not what he wrote. But the issue is, of course, you're taking the cash that you're getting from this bond and putting it in risky assets, which can, of course, be very volatile. And some of these pension plans are, of course, getting involved in alternative assets. Nothing wrong with investing in alternative assets. However, when you're increasing the leverage in a system, you know, more debt as a sponsor that you're going to have to fulfill in some way, well, and now you have more volatility, hmm, that's an issue. Now, Mark Jaffe does note that in 2020, the uh, municipal bond rates were very low. Um, So let me quote him again. Uh, There's the bond buyer 20 index reached its most recent trough of 2.05% last December. So um, I think that was 2021. He's talking about compared to its post-pandemic low of 2.03% set in August 2020. But in early 2022, the index spiked, reaching 3.5% in mid-June. That's 2022. And a couple of recent pension obligation bond issuances illustrate the trend in POB debt service costs. 
Among the most economical uh, POBs were those issued by the town of Andover, Massachusetts in December 2021. The deal included uh, 15 different maturities with interest rates ranging from 0.649% for one-year bonds to 2.793% for the longest dated bonds maturing in 2039. So when considering the range of maturities and cost of issuance, the true interest cost of the bond issue was 2.367%. Andover benefited by issuing at a time of low interest rates and from receiving a top AAA rating for its bonds. And it'll probably be able to beat the spread, as they call it. And so the issue is being able to uh, get your you know, investment returns over the life of the bond, and it does matter about the timing. So let me go back historically, as I've been writing on Stump since 2014, and I have POB posts that go back to at least 2015, and what I had to write about pension obligation bonds back then. As I mentioned, I started Stump in 2014, and one of the oldest posts I have, and it actually probably is the oldest post on Stump on pension obligation bonds, is from February 2015. And it's titled, Pension Obligation Bonds Are of the Devil. Don't do it, Brownback. Now, Brownback was the governor of Kansas at the time, and they were considering issuing a pension obligation bond. Now, um, I, of course, was exaggerating for effect. And of course, no one's listening to me. I mean, Stump is just a little, you know, roll your own blog uh, sitting out in a corner of the internet. Um, but my point about this, and I'm like, yes, it's unstable. Someone had qu been quoted in a piece uh, from the Wall Street Journal. If you cover current obligations by borrowing money, you're on an unstable course, said Mr. Ravitch. You know, it, you're getting quoted in the Wall Street Journal. Usually it's something very staid and not something like it's of the devil, like you're from a revival or something. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like the devil drags you down to hell with him with POBs. You usually don't get quotes like that in the Wall Street Journal. In any case, uh, and there's a quote from Alicia Munell uh, from the uh, Center of Retirement Research. She said, uh, this, meaning pension obligation bonds, should be a tool in a well-functioning government's arsenal. Unfortunately, those that use them tend to be cash-strapped and desperate. And this is the point, is there are legitimate uses of POBs in terms of it doesn't necessarily make things worse, but the reason it's of the devil is how people actually behave in public finance. So there's a lot of nice little theories on how to optimize public finance, and then there's how politicians and officials actually behave. Um, that's what I've been looking at for many years, because I started out with the theory um, in terms of like financial economics and how pensions should be valued. And I'm, I'm still there, however, um, and this is one of the drivers of pension obligation bonds in that the pension obligations are being valued at what I consider an absurd interest rate. I'm not going to argue that right now. Um, 
But once you start with that theory, you don't have to behave in the way that they are behaving. And the way they're behaving is that the sponsors don't want to pay for the benefits they're promising at the time the benefits are earned. They want to pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today, even though they're consuming the hamburger now. Um, what's often quoted, and this is the issue that I have, there are people on, quote, the other side uh, who keep saying, oh, no, you know, public pensions, they're not unaffordable. Well, they don't have to be unaffordable. They can totally, totally be affordable if you made modest or more modest promises. The problem is there's all sorts of things that have been baked into public pensions in terms of like too early retirement ages in some cases, or things that allow for spiking, or which is um, goosing the last, you know, salaries so that the initial pension payments are much higher than you would have normally expected, um, doing just, you know, final three years average salary instead of maybe uh, a career average indexed similar to say social security doing it. Um, there's all sorts of things to moderate the promise being made um, or maybe only guaranteeing some of the income payment, making a hybrid kind of promise that uh, keeps it fully funded. But part of the problem is a lot of times these pension obligation bonds are sold not just as a fake arbitrage, but that it's refinancing it as if it were refinancing a mortgage, which is refinancing a capital cost. You know, you're refinancing a house and maybe you're repairing the house and that kind of thing. It's a capital asset. Pension fund's not a capital asset. This is an operational cost. You are paying for somebody's service that they did in the past, you're paying in the future. Um, they, these are cash flows, future cash flows, their pension benefits, they already earned. Okay. And then we're trying to figure out their value. If you are doing a pension obligation bond, this is not like refinancing a mortgage. This is like a credit card balance transfer. So think about that. Now you may be thinking, oh, well, what a quibble. Yeah, but the quibble is there is no capital asset behind this. Okay. And now what you might be doing, it's not just doing a balance transfer. It's taking out a new loan somewhere else to invest in the stock market to pay for another loan. Think about that you have a sure debt <laughs> now in that credit card balance transfer, say. So that's from 2015. To continue on from 2015, because people ask me, well, why are pension obligation bonds of the devil? Um, and it has to do, again, with how people actually behave. It's not just in 
increased leverage. This is true, not just of POBs, but other kinds of leveraged uh, strategies for all sorts of investment kind of things. And I used the example of the dollar auction, but there's also uh, the movie War Games. And, you know, the, the only winning move is not to play. And some of these are because of how people behave. Going back to the quote from Alicia Munell, her group looked at the theory, the theory, I mean, she, I mean, and she not only looked at the theory, I don't want, this is not a knock on her, on her and her research group. So looking at the theory, you can improve the situation by doing a POB and, and in conjunction with then behaving how you're supposed to, making full contributions, et cetera, et cetera. However, she noted that's generally not what happens in real life. Usually, it's the worst behaving plans that issue POBs and then continue their bad behavior. So what actually happens when a government issues a pension obligation bond? Do they actually batten down and start to make their full pension payments? Do they actually look at what are the pension benefits and reform that or moderate the, the promises they're making. And by when I keep mentioning it or the government, this has to do with people. This is not some generic, you know, abstract concept. These are very human people who are making decisions on behalf of this entity. They want to get, you know, reelected, a lot of them. And some of these people, of course, are in the plan themselves and are getting the benefits themselves. Um, the example I used in the 2015 post was the Illinois teachers plan. And I had a roll up and it's very confusing. I re need to redo this one uh, using a different kind of visualization, but it was from 1995 to 2014. And there's a pension obligation bond in this roll-up and you can barely see it. This is about the development of the unfunded liability in the Illinois teachers retirement system. You can barely see it. It occurred between 2003 and 2005. It barely moved the unfunded liability. Uh, in the 10 years since 2005, so given I was posting in 2015, um, it underfunded each year the state underfunded this plan by at least a billion dollars a year. So with regards to contribution, this was a choice. So choices have con uh, consequences. They chose not to fully fund this fund. It's too expensive. Well, if it's too expensive, you're saying the benefits are too expensive. And the reasons for the shortfalls, it, you know, they don't have control over like what the investments do um, and, you know, whether people live or die and, and that kind of thing. The government couldn't control that, but they could control how much they put in in contributions. And by choice, they under contributed the pension obligation bond. Let them paper over the under contributions by, you know, some billions for a few years, but not by, you know, not for very long. So continuing on, this is from 2015, quoting from a piece that was from uh, Benefits Pro. 
what politicians are doing is nothing other than borrowing money to buy stocks, taking a bet on the stock market, said Andrew Briggs, who tracks retirement policy at the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative Washington, D.C.-based think tank. There's no reason to believe state and local governments have any particular insight into the stock market, he said. Briggs suggested that politicians and pension trustees are enticed by POBs by the accounting gains they create, and not merely prospective returns. GASB, that's the Government Accounting Standards Board, standards allow pension funds to immediately claim an improved funding ratio once the cash is borrowed. That in turn means lower annual contribution requirements, which takes the strain off state and local budgets. All that takes place before they've earned a penny on the higher returns they've assumed. It's a dumb move from a longer-term perspective, said Briggs. But politicians don't care about the long-term. And so you've, what you've got to realize, when Briggs is talking about long-term and what I'm, when I say long-term, we mean decades, at least 30 years. Generally, politicians aren't around that long. When they are like the old Mayor Daly of Chicago, they can learn to jump ship once all the funny money dissipates. So I alighted when I did this post over the bad thinking, a sure debt of 5% in POBs for the supposed good as sure 8% returns the pension funds are supposed to yield. The point is it's a fake bolstering of the balance sheet. The debt is going to be there. And actually, part of the point is the pension obligation bond debt isn't on the pension funds balance sheet. It's on the state or local government's balance sheet. And um, so the pension fund debt is the state's debt to begin with uh, because they're supposedly guaranteeing all of this. Uh, so... Only accounting magic makes the debt look smaller than the, it actually is. I mean, it's, it is whatever it's going to be. Using an 8% discount rate or 7% discount rate, um, when ultimately, you know, it's whatever it is, it's timed in certain ways and it's generally not going to be a level percent. Um, you put money in assets, the returns go up and down. Whatever, whatever you had to have had in there and contributed at various times, well, that's going to have been variable, not a level amount. Um, the debt to the pension fund is generally larger than originally stated using that it, uh, discount rate. So now the state has two creditors when you have a POB, the holders of the POBs and the pension fund. I mean, obviously they have other bonds as well. So this is like a lot of these games, these one clever trick to try to get away from actually making the contributions you should have made in the first place. So the pension obligation bond debt is sure. A state's supposed to pay off the interest in the principal. The pension debt is less sure, but somehow it seems to grow even faster after the POB trick. And the only states that feel the need to avail themselves of the particular trick tend to have gotten in their position by bad behavior, and they're not about to change that behavior after the POB is issued. And that's why I said the POBs are of the devil. Whether or not you believe in a literal devil, the literary devil is the kind that helps you rationalize the bad behavior you already did and are determined on continuing. Ask Faust about how that worked out for him. So that's been Stump, <laughs> Death and Taxes, and whether it's a financial devil, 
the literal Catholic devil, uh, any devil you want. Um, POBs may come back if interest rates go back down. But for 2023, it looks like they're in the offing. They're not going to happen, not while interest rates are this high. However, some, of course, are going to mature. And we'll see how well they performed for the issuers. Uh, various issuers have had mixed results over the years. But I'm sure if interest rates ever drop in the future, we'll hear this time it's different. Uh-huh. Sure it is. Anyway, that's been Stump. I'll talk to y'all another time.